guys. Good morning. How you doing today? Everybody good? Awesome. Hey, welcome all those two in line. Thanks for being with us also. Hey, look who I have. <laughs> so good. Uh, this is Robert Bradford. So if any of you, if you recognize him, you know who he is. If you don't, Robert and Lori and his family were a part of the Grove when we first started. And so he was a part of one of the original families. There was a handful of families that got together and said, hey, when we start this church, uh, let's, let's work together to, to make it the best that we could possibly be. And his family is one of those families, so appreciate having you back. And then, uh, It's great to be here. Yeah, so he was, he was one of our teaching pastors when we started. He would, he would, we'd uh, share off and on different weeks, and then sometimes we'd get together and do a tag team. Usually at the end of series, we'd get together and kind of share uh, just our experience. And, uh, it was the best. It was so much fun, yeah. It was. And then he had to move to Texas. Boo. So <laughs> we're glad he's back. Uh, hey, before we jump into the series, though, I just want to take a moment just to brag a little bit on Robert and the rest of our Bike for Light team. I'm going to show a picture here, uh, a great picture here of, of Robert um, receiving this amazing gift, all right? And I'm not jealous or anything, but I've never gotten one of these, all right? <laughs> I only recruited the guy, okay? So, <laughs> so this is Steve Donaldson. He's one of the founders of Convoy of Hope. His bro- him and his brothers started this. Uh, he gave Robert this little gift. It's like a, it's a really coveted gift that Convoy Hope gives away to different people that make an Im- big ha- impact for Convoy. And so a few years back, he gave Robert this gift that I'm sure is what your house, your office. Where's it's, that? It's, it's in my house. Cool. Yeah, so it's in his house. It's in my house. So it's a little little memento to kind of share. But the reason is because Robert is our biggest fundraiser every year, and he's helped just raise a lot of money through Bike for Light. And so he's done a great job with that. And so this year he's already at almost eight thousand dollars. It's crazy. It is crazy. crazy. We haven't started writing yet. That's September. <laughs> and he started raising $8,000. If you go to my, the website and look at my number, it's just a lot lower than his, all right? So I need is some. Is it still zero? <laughs> it is zero right now. <laughs> so this is the month. I start fundraising now. July is kicking off. I go into high gear. So there's a reason he's the best because he's already he started like in I September started. of last year. <laughs> as soon as last year ended, he's sent out like, hey, guys, I'm writing again next year. Start giving, right? Started in March. Yeah, he started in March. So he starts earlier. Uh, next picture. This is why we ride, right? So here last year we, we rode and we were able to build some wells in, in East Africa, which is amazing. He'll tell you more about that. And then this whole picture of this whole fleet of vehicles is what we have um, helped purchase for Convoy of Hope throughout the last 10 years. This is year 10, and uh, every vehicle there um, is a part of it. That's why Steve Donaldson was, was so willing to give a gift to Robert because we've raised a lot of money through, uh, through this, this Bike for Light every year. And so all these vehicles are really, it's the, the rural compassion branch of, of, of Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope is a disaster relief. So whenever there's a hurricane, whenever there's a tornado, they're the first on the ground. They're there bringing water. They're bringing supplies. They're there to help, right? And so they're just an amazing organization. But then they have other branches that we support. So uh, rural compassion is they go around the rural parts of the, of the nation. And they take shoes. They take food. They're there just to help serve different needs. So they, they, they've helped bring groceries uh, last year to Santa Fe. And uh, different parts of the, of the state also. And so just a great, great organization that we partner with every year. Uh, feed One, our church sponsors kids in Haiti every month, right? So we feed a kid for $10 a month, which really the feeding is part of it. It's really so they can get education. If they don't have – the food is the tool to get them to school. And so if they don't have the food, they're looking – they're working looking for food all day. And so this way they could be at school and, and break the poverty cycle. And so that's Common Hope. That's another branch of theirs. They do feeding around the world initiatives, feeding initiatives. And so it's just a great thing. And, uh, yeah, but – so bikeforlight.org, if you go there and you want to give, don't give to this guy. Give to this guy, all right? <laughs> Just kidding. His goal is 20000 and uh, if you want to help him reach that, after you give to me, you can give to him, all right? <laughs> yeah, any extra. Give an extra. That's my yeah. Put it my way. And this year we're doing corporate sponsors, business sponsors. And so if anybody's watching or if you're in their house, you're a business owner, you want to be one of those that, that helps support, we'd love to talk more about that. Let us know, all right? And so tell us about the wells. So we built some so we, wells. Last year we raised 198000 which was our biggest ever. Um, shocking, really. Um, but we put five clean water wells in five villages in Ethiopia, impacting 20,000 people. Ooh, giving them that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. It revolutionized. We th- I mean, we think, yeah, okay, now they got clean water. No, no, look, it revolutionizes their community. It empowers women. And, and kids to be able to go back, go get educations because they're not hunting and scavenging for clean water. It's a big deal. So we are really grateful to be able to have that kind of impact. Yeah, it transforms the communities, gives them some kind of way to even begin to farm and start industry. So it's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. That's why we ride. So anyways, we did a plug for that. Uh, we have uh, right now five riders who are riding from, to represent Santa Fe in the Grove. I have another five who are in the wings kind of saying, I might, I might, and they haven't signed up yet. But So we might have ten riders. And uh, if that's one of you in the room, hey, sign up two weeks, 
We're going to have 15 riders because, or no, 14 riders because I'm, uh, the four of us who are coming I'm from Texas. Guys. Yeah. We, oh, you counted yeah. up? Okay. <laughs> he, he, so I recruit Robert. He's right with us one of the first years, and he's been recruiting guys all along, and uh, they kind of represent the Grove as they ride with us, even from Texas. Texas guys come over and they ride, and he's taught them well, so it's cool. So yeah. even though we, it's a bone he went to Texas, at least he's bringing Texas back to us right. with some riders. So. We should bring the Texas money here, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it does a lot of good. Oh, and this year, um, one last thing, and we'll go into the message. Um, this year, our, one of our main uh, initiatives is to build water wells in the Navajo Nation. And so that's in the works of trying to get that going. But that's going to be a big, big deal because people always ask, like, all right, that's great you're doing water wells over there. What about here? And we can say, hey, this year, hey, we're going to build some water wells in really needed areas of our country. And so let's support and help them uh, get some clean water. So Amen. it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Anything else? Bye for light. Yeah, I think the main thing is that the, the, the group that we actually ride for is called Speed the Light. And Speed the Light ha- only has a 4% overhead. So of all the money that we raise that goes, goes, we give to Speed the Light, 96% of that money is going to go to accomplish what we've set out to accomplish. And, and for us, it's about action, right? It's not about awareness. It's not, I mean, it, it helps to know that, you know, these guys need water or whatever. It's different to actually pull in with a big old rig and drill a well for them. Action speak, and that's what Lakeville Light is all about. We're all about action. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, to join us, either giving, praying, or writing with us, all right? Awesome. Okay, so we're in a series that's called I Heart Church, and we're talking about the church. And so for the last three weeks, uh, we've been building up to this week, and uh, really we're going to continue into July because uh, right now, as of now, the theater is still locked out. So Regal is not in there, and so they told us we could start July 4th. But since they aren't able to use it yet, the building yet, we can't use the building. So next month we'll plan to be here also until that opens up or changes. And so we're trying to have conversations with the owners to see even what that would look like in the future. But nothing's opened up yet, and so we'll just continue to do church here at the Grove Central until then. So next week, don't go to the theater. We won't be there. I know we were promoting that for a while, and uh, this last month it turned out that they're locked out, and so we can't use that space. Um, But we're praying that God will just uh, continue to help us to utilize this space. We love it, and we'll continue to use it. And so next week we'll do that. And then next week, just so you know, uh, we talked about doing an at-the-movies series. We're not going to kick off a whole month series, but we're going to do a special one day at the movies. And so next Sunday for July 4th, um, make sure you – we're going to try to put a link where you can watch it that day. Um, We can't watch it – we can't stream it on Facebook. So if you're watching on Facebook, there's copyright issues. They won't let us. So we're going to try to go to YouTube, and we'll go to our church platform, online platform, that you can watch it. And there's a good chance that if you don't catch it during the two services, you won't ever be able to watch it. It'll just, we can't leave it up there because of copyright issues. And so uh, if you are in service, um, you'll have to watch during that hour. Otherwise, be in service and don't miss it. All right? It'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, uh, yeah, so that's next week. Uh, so um, the series that we're in, I'm going to just do a little bit of review, and then we'll jump into this day's message, and you'll see why I brought Robert to talk about it because uh, he has some really good things to add, especially to this week what we're talking about. But essentially, we said for the church, right, we've, we've talked about the first two weeks about church history. We went through the good, went through the bad, uh, all those things of, of what, what has negatively impacted people's view when it comes to church. Because when you hear the word church, there's a lot of different perspectives, right, uh, depending on what kind of church you went to, how long, all those things. This is what we were saying for our series. The church is a community, not a building. It's a community of people who follow the teachings of a man sent from God to explain God and clear a, a path to God. So we exist as a church, as a community of people, to follow Jesus' teachings, to ex- that, who explains God to us and explains how, the, how his kingdom works, and be able to clear that path to help others to also find him. And so this is the purpose of church, is where we are a group of people getting together. And in Matthew, Jesus makes a statement about the church. Matthew sixteen eighteen, he says to Peter, he says, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it, they will not, will not prevail. And the rock he's talking about is a statement that that Peter makes about him being the Messiah. So essentially, Jesus is the foundation. He's going to build his church. And the word that we talked about for church is ekklesia, which is the correct word. That's the translation. Um, The word that we use is a German word for church that means the house of the Lord. And that was a substitution. If you know anything about translation, substitutions don't really help with the idea, right? They change the idea. And when we use the German word church, house of the Lord... What happened is now people started thinking of a building, right? It's a house. It's a place you go to where Jesus, when he's talking about the church, he uses this word ecclesia that means a gathering or an assembly. So it's a group of people who are gathered for a purpose. So an ecclesia could be a church in a park. 
It could be at a coffee shop. It could be in somebody's house. Anywhere you meet with the purpose of, of gathering to, to talk about Jesus, to talk about his teachings, he's there in the middle of it. That is church. But because they use this word German church, we talked about how it changes the idea that now it's a place you go to on Sundays or on Saturdays, whatever day it is that you're going. And it became a location, not a movement. And the point Jesus was making, he's going to build his church, his movement, his group of people on his teachings, on who he is as Messiah. And if we'll follow him, we'll make an impact in the world. And the early church did. And then they began to lose sight of being the movement, and they became a building, right? And that's church history, kind of where it got off. And that was the last three weeks. So if you missed, you can go back and catch up those. Then last week, we talked about how the impact God makes in our lives when we actually allow him to work in us to be the church. And we said that the church is a body, not a kingdom. So essentially, it's a group of people working together to accomplish something on, this, on, on earth for God's glory, right? And we said that when we follow his way, he always flips the culture around. So he takes leadership and says, no, leadership is not for you to be at the top and everybody else to serve you. Leadership is for you. Huh. Nope, I did not mean one of those. Um, you, you flip it on, your, on, your, on its head and you say leaders are about serving. That was last week, right? So if you missed last week, when it comes to authority, when it comes to serving, when it comes to marriage and parenting, if you want to be better at any of those, go listen to last week's message because that principle in itself will help you become a better person. And we said when it comes to Christian marriage, it's a submission competition, right? And as Jesus followers... The key is to defer, to say, how can I serve you? How can I help you? And when we do this well, people actually make an impact in this world. And so we said this, that we must be known for the way we live, not just for what we know. Religion is always about knowledge and about knowing more. Being a Jesus follower is always about following, living a specific way that makes an impact in this world. All right? So we want to be the people that are known for the way we live, not just for the things that we know. Unchurched uh, people that, that, that don't know Jesus, that aren't following Jesus, that are unchurched, they really don't care how much you know. They really care if you care, right? They want to know if you really care for them. And that's the purpose of living, not just knowing. And so today, now Robert's here, we'll talk about this. So today we're talking about one key. <laughs> Took a little while to review there, but wanted to catch everybody up. Yeah, so yeah. today we're talking about one really key component to being a church, the ecclesia that Jesus created. And really the, the question is that we have to ask is, are we inward or are we outward focused? Mind, do we have an out, inward or outward mindset? Um, and for a church, really, when we started, um, this, this September will be seven years. And so we began to start at about March of 2014, building up to September. We began to build a, a team, and we'd meet together. And we'd work on this, and we were asking the question, what is the Grove going to look like? Why are we starting the church in the first place? And really, the question we want to answer today is, um, do, are we supposed to have an outward or an inward mindset? What is a church supposed to have? And we began to have this conversation. But before we jump into that, let me, let me help you understand, like, when it comes to outward and inward mindset, we all experience this all the time, all the time. When you go to a restaurant, when you're on the phone with somebody, when you're having an interaction, you realize pretty quickly if somebody has an inward or an outward mindset, all right? So, Robert, tell us. You talk for a little bit. I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, you're doing great. I mean, Thanks. is he doing good? <laughs> she loved it? Hey. So I, I think I think the thing we don't really think about when we when we, when we think about church and, and and this outward inward focus is just kind of our things that are that we talk about that we don't realize no one else is 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 aware. You know, it's like when you show up to a group that's already a friends, you know, they're already friends, and you're kind of the newcomer, right? They're kind of talking about stuff, and you're like, I, I wasn't there for that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Inside jokes. Inside yeah. jokes and, and that. And then, and, and I had this situation recently where how many of you do that, you know, um, FSA money or whatever, you can get your tax deductible for your medical stuff, but then you have to submit a form to them that shows all the – information that they need to prove that it was actually a medical thing. So this is the deal. So I'm, I'm at work, and, and I'm on the phone with the lady. She works for us, right? This is the third time I've submitted this form. And she is telling me in her lingo, in her medical billing lingo, that I don't have what I needed to have, and that's why I'm having to submit it a fourth time. And and I, I, I finally stopped her because she's getting mad at me for not understanding her. And I said, look, do you not understand that, that you're using medical terms and medical billing lingo that I have no idea what that even means? She paused. I said, look, I don't know what a CPT code is. I have no idea what that means. And she, she paused. 
you know, and then and then she's like, I'm sorry, you're right. And then she began to say it in terms I could understand. And there's just this aspect of church and, and life in, in that where we we don't fully understand because we're, we're not engaged. We don't know what's going on, and it's, it's all new to us. Yeah. So inward mindset, you've seen this, right? So, like, um, I remember when Chick-fil-A first came a few years back, right? So Chick-fil-A, they have this phrase that they all use, right? Have you ever gone there? You say thank you, and they say? They say, my pleasure, right? And for the first year, I remember we'd go and be like, thank you. And they'd be like, you're welcome. I'm like, what? <laughs> and they just, it took a while for that culture to catch on, right? They just, they use this thing and it, it's, it's very, because ideas, they're outward focused. They're trying to say, we're here to serve you, right? And when they don't get that, really it's like, oh yeah, you're welcome, right? It's like, it's, it really doesn't matter about you. I'm just doing my job, right? You don't really matter that much. I'm just doing it. And there's this idea that when we have these experiences, right? Like, I think you went Chick-fil-A one time. And yeah, I, I said, I I, I said thank you just because I'm going to say thank you. But I knew he was going to say my pleasure, and he said, you're welcome. Or, or no, he said better, no problem. And I, I, I turned and looked at him, and he goes, I mean my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's okay, man. It's okay. Yeah. But <laughs> we have these experiences all around, right? You'll go to a restaurant, and you know if the person owns it or if the person is just working – and you'll know if the person loves their job or the person hates their job, right? You'll know if the person really values you or if you're just another thing in the machine, right? They don't really care about you. They just got to do their job and they stamp the thing and go on to the next thing. You know this. A lot of times the difference is it's an outward or an inward mindset. The one that has an inward mindset says, it's about me. Here I am. An outward mind says, oh, there you are. I'm here to serve you. My pleasure. How can I help you? I'm not going to use language you don't understand. I'm going to make sure I explain to you and, and give you it. And really the difference between the two is who's at the front of the mind. Who's, who's at the, in the moment is, is, is it the focus of this interaction. And if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, and if we're going to be individuals that God wants us to be, we have to learn how to have an outward, not an inward mindset. And so we actually begin this. So in 2014, we begin to meet together. And our, we called the launch team because we were going to launch the church, right, in September of 2014. And so we began to get families together. We met at the Hyatt Place, and uh, we began to work on this book called uh, Deep and Wide by and Pastor Andy Stanley. And this book kind of gave us some ideas of how to uh, approach the conversations and talk about it. And what we did is one of the experiments that we did as, as a team is we hadn't started meeting as a church. So each of our teams would go to different churches on Sunday mornings in Santa Fe and Albuquerque. And then on that next meeting, we'd get together, sometimes even after church, we'd get to go to a restaurant and talk about it. But a lot of times on that, that meeting, the launch team meeting, we'd begin to share our experiences. So all of our team was pretty much church people who grew up in church, and they were going to experience these different experiences. And the reason is because not to – when we start the meeting, we'd say, tell us your experience. And I would always say, we don't want to know the name of the church. That's not important. Just tell us your guest experience. What did it feel like? What did, what did you experience? And the point was because we said if we're going to be a church that's going to reach people in our city, we need to have a really good guest experience. We need to be outward focused. So let's learn from others. What are churches doing well? What are churches maybe they didn't do very good that day that, that we can learn from so we don't repeat it, right? right. And so, yeah, tell us a about your experiences. Right. Uh, so this was great. I mean, it was it's such an awesome experience to go through this because our whole intent was to go to these churches with the mindset of I've never been to church or I haven't been to church for a long time. So I, if you know my wife at all, she had a list of like 15 churches with the dates on line paper and when we we're going to go and all of that. And we started going to these churches, and it was just an amazing experience because, like, you know, one church we went to, we, we couldn't find the front door. There was no signage or anything, and we went to one door, and it was locked. And, went, you know, and then we saw some other people come in, the, the other side, and, the, and anyways, stuff like that. And then being in a worship service, like if I've never been to church before and I come into this one church, like their service was like two hours. And they, the worship was like 30 or 40 minutes. And, I mean, if just standing there as an unchurched or not been to church in a long time or ever, I was thinking – if I would be thinking, I'm going to go to the restroom and I'm going to leave, right? Because, I mean, how, how how many more songs are they going to do? Like it was six or eight songs. I can't even remember how many it was. You know, and then the guy got up to preach, you know. And and he used the lingo. So the same thing like the billing person, like 
She's in focus, right? This guy, the, the whole service was geared for church people. And it was like a tour of the Bible, the guy, and he's talking about David and the Pharisees and, and whatever, the other guys, you know. All, and if I've never been to church before, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. It's like being that third wheel in a conversation where people have been together for a while. I mean, it was, it was eye-opening, Eric, from that perspective. Yeah, and it wasn't the church was doing anything bad. It just the, the idea for us was if we're going to reach the unchurched, what would that look like? And going in with that perspective, you realize like they're asking different questions than somebody that's been to church is asking. And that's one of the reasons we, we, we celebrate the church incentive. We're glad they're here because they're reaching people, right? And we want them to keep growing. Let's not, it's not a diss on them. That, the point was how can we learn from them how to have a great experience and what churches are reaching the unchurched? And what we found was very few were. They were doing church, and we, what we get the, the term we used was what? Church for us. Church for us. Church for us. Oh, I love the worship. Oh, and when the tour of the Bible, like, there were people going, oh, that was so good. I just, you know, taking notes, writing it all down, and just loving it. I mean, yeah, it's church for us. And what we were realizing, and Eric, you talked about this so many times, like, there are 70,000 people in this city who are not in church today. City. They're not. They're not there, and and we could have seventy more churches with a thousand people attending, to, to to reach the number of people that are here. Yeah, so these people aren't aren't being reached. And we need so we need more churches to reach more people, right? And people ask me, I come, I meet church people and pastors. And they're like, do we really need another church in Santa Fe? And I'm like, yeah, you know, people are not in church. And the thing is, it's not so much we just need another church. We need churches who are going to reach those that aren't being reached which means they have to be a little different than the churches to reach those people, right? The different groups, and each church reaches a different type of demographic, and we, we in turn use what we have to be able to do what we can in our, in our area of influence and the people around us. Right, because it's a real problem. I mean, I, 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 my dad was a youth evangelist. I, I grew up in church. I've been to all, all of them. I've been to all of them, and uh, literally been to all of them. And, and, and even here, I, I, was, I, I didn't want to invite – this is terrible – I didn't want to invite some people to my church, right? People from work. I didn't really want to invite them because we're, they do weird stuff, you know. And just, right? And then they're going to think I'm weird because I, you know, because, you know, who knows what's going to happen in this service and it's forever. And it's, it's just such a, a breach, such a huge gap. And really that's our problem. You know, there's such a, a huge gap is what we're seeing in church for someone to come who has never been to church or not to church in a very long time. Yeah, and we decided early on that we want to be a church for them, not a church for us, right? We want to be able to say, what would it look like if we created a church where the unchurched would want to attend, right? Uh, we want to be a church where the church, unchurched people would actually enjoy coming to a service and maybe being engaged and being welcomed and w- with them in mind, right? What would it look like to just filter everything? So even like our growth track, we get people that come. You know, they, they are church people, and they come, and they'll go through our growth track, and they say, man, we really wish worship was a longer. And I'm like, yes, I know, but our goal is not for us to be like, let's sing as long as we can a day. It's to be able to begin to prepare, right? Like there's an aspect of worship that's really important. It's us saying, God, you're God. We're starting our week off as your followers. That's important, right? But there's a point where we say, okay, but there's some point we want to then engage those people that aren't here into the next thing. We even keep our services short. If you notice, we go about an hour and t- five minutes to hour and ten minutes. It's intentional, especially for guys. We want guys to look at their watch and say, wow, it's already over? Like, hmm, I think I'll come back next week. That's a win for us, right? In fact, we said for the unchurched, for us, one of the wins is when an unchurched person comes to service. Like somebody invites a friend and a guest, and they come, and they actually enjoy it, and they talk to us, and it, it's pretty awesome. Like, it's a win. We get an unchurched person here as a, as a guest. Now, a grand slam for us is when that guest comes one week, comes the next week with friends that are on church with them. And then it's like, woo, let's celebrate. Because that means we had enough impact that there was a value for them to say, man, I enjoy that so much. I wanted to bring some of my friends to come. And we said, what would that church look like? So let's not just do what we've always done. Let's not do what everybody else is doing. What, what would that look like if we designed this to say, let's go after those that nobody else is going after, which means we're going to have to do things that nobody else is doing, which means we're going to be misunderstood by some people. And that's okay. We're going to be okay with that. Because our, our goal is not to reach those that already reached. Our goal is to reach those 70,000, and it's quite possible it's even more now after COVID, that nobody else is reaching. So what, do we, what can we do to accomplish that, right? And so right. we just went on this, this journey. Right. We went on this journey, and, I mean, it was, it was a challenge, and, a, and we did. We got some uh, feedback. I'll call it feedback 
I got some feedback that, you know, maybe we weren't doing it right or we're dumbing it down or and, and some challenge in that. But, and, and that was fine with us. We, we didn't care because we knew, we knew that there's, a, there's an entire population of people that would never come to, to church. There's, in fact, the, the, I think I was listening to John Maxwell was saying 50, 50% of people never, ever, never darken the door of a church. They won't come. You know, so I think that's part of why we're saying, look, we got to get those people. We got to do something and, and build and and build something and do something that's going to allow those people to come and and even allow our people to be willing to invite people. Right. Like, I have no problem inviting people to the Grove. No problem. I'm like, yeah, you need to come. You should come. Yeah, that's good. Right. And the experiences, so we go to these different churches, give guest experiences, kind of secret shopper just trying to experience these things. And the story Robert talked about, I remember he told us, him and Lori came one week, and we were meeting, and they said, went to, this is our experience, went to the church, the front doors were locked. We didn't know, if they, okay. And then they saw something go around the side, and I guess that's the doors. So they follow them around. The door is open, and somebody says, we have visitors. <laughs> no lie. And Lori and I are standing there, and it's like, this lady's like, yelling to everyone so we have visitors i'm like how can we disappear right now i'm just and i i've been a christian a long time and i'm credentialed even at the time and i want to disappear i'm just and what was funny this is terrible but funny it's the truth the whole room turned and looked at us right the whole room turned and looked at us looked at her and then went back to their conversation the guy that was standing right there he was standing alone he came over and he said Welcome. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It was just and, crazy. And here's the thing about the message about that, right? That church sent. And they didn't, they didn't know they were sending it, but this is the message they sent. We're not expecting guests. guests. We don't, we're not expecting any visitors. They, they're not intentionally planning that, but they, because they weren't planning for it and doing things to be re- prepared, the message was we're not. It's like, it's like if somebody comes to your house and you open the door. And then you close the door and you yell at your family, guys, we have guests. Pick everything up now. I'm not sure why they're here, but they're here, so we got to clean. Hey, welcome to our house, right? That's essentially what that experience was. And we said, let's not repeat that, right? And the, that church is meeting the people they're meeting and that we're not dogging them. That's just what they're, what they're doing. But the message they were saying was bigger. And I remember that week, um, Robert and Lori and their family came. And Lori said, you know, this is kind of like, I'm not sure. This is kind of different idea of starting a church for the end church. And she says, you know, I like to dress up on Sundays because that's always been our thing. We dress up for church. We go. But she said, you know what? I'd be willing not to dress up and I'd be willing to wear a T-shirt that says, ask me if it would help somebody find the door. And if it would help somebody find the auditorium. And if it helps somebody connect to Christ. And I knew that moment in that conversation, our team was getting it. We are outward focused, not inward. And, it's, and, it's, and the pool is always to say it's about me, right? It's, I'm going to look nice. I'm going to dress up. It's about me. I'm going to service for me. And we're saying, no, no, let's be those kind of people that can dress down, that can say, hey, I'll, I'll wear something that would help somebody feel comfortable, that would connect to others, right? And then the second year team was, uh, second year team shirt was, hi, friend, bye, friend, right? So you got a bye friend on the back and a hi friend in the front for our greeters who are greeting people, right? They're, they want to be friendly. Hi friend, bye friend. Right. And that was their heart, saying, what would it look like if we created a church where unchurched would want to attend? And so we began to use this phrase, right? We want something for you, not something from you. We want something for you, not something And it's our heart. We really do. Because here's the thing. When, an, when a guest comes, when an unchurched person comes, in their mind, one of the things that keeps people from church is they're thinking, you want something from me. Specifically, you want my money because all churches, that's all they want is money. No, that's not true. That's not what we want. That's not what we exist. God has more than enough money to, comp- to cover everything we'll ever need. He wants us to learn how to manage money because that makes us healthy individuals. And at some point, we will address that, right, and we'll help people to learn that. But in their mind, they're thinking that they want something from you. That I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And our heart is, no, we want something for you. You know, the reason you don't have to give this offering today is because we have a lot of generous people who bought the donuts and who bought the things and who are paying for the bills, right? Like we're here to serve. We're here to help. And our heart was saying, if we can help you become better, your family gets better. And, and the world becomes better one person at a time, right? It helps us to, to move forward. This is why on Sundays I give that challenge or that one step because I want people that come to have something practical. I'm very pragmatic, and so I always want to say, what, what's the point of this? So what? What does this matter? And I'll say, hey, if you do this one thing, I promise it will make a difference in your life. Try it. 
And we're taking the principles that Jesus teaches us, and we're just making them very simple, very practical way to live them out and to, to move forward with it. And so well, that's something for you, not something from you. Right. I mean, that's, that's so key. And it really was a turning point in a lot of ways and in a lot of people's hearts because, I mean, if you think about wearing a T-shirt to church, right, Santa Fe, okay, that's probably more normal. But where, where I grew up and certainly with the generations above me, it was a big deal to how you dressed mattered. Um, in fact, in, in some of the Bible Belt areas, you, you would be shunned if you show up to, with a tank top and shorts and stuff like that. You know, this is the house of the Lord. It's back to that. This is the house of the Lord, and we need to dress up for God. So the God, we put on our best, and, it, and it's this principle of, you know, doing your best. And we're, we're realizing that, like, that's church for us, and it's not creating an environment where people are comfortable, where someone who hasn't been to church, they, they show up and they're not dressed enough, so they're going to turn and walk out. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's doing our best for God. I don't think that's dressing our best for God. Wearing a T-shirt that says, ask me. That's, that's now we're starting to talk about doing our best for God because we're, our focus is outward and we're, we are intent on for you, not from you. For you, not from you. Yeah, and that's our heart. So we said if we're going to be a church that the unchurched will want to come to, we have to do things with them in mind. So if we're going to be a church that they would want to come to, the unchurched want to come to, we have to do things with them in mind. And we begin to say from the parking lot, to the auditorium, to the whole service, what does that look like, the language we use, the things that we do. So if I ever tell a story, specifically like Joseph, right? If we just talk about Joseph, like an unchurched person like Joseph, um, does Jesus' father, is this the guy that was, in, that was in prison? Like what Joseph are we talking about, right? And there's different names throughout the Bible. If they don't know, they, they could be confused. And if I'm talking about one Joseph, but they're thinking of another Joseph, they can be like, I'm lost. So where does this guy fit in? So he came back to life 2,000 years later, and he became the dad of Jesus. Like this is really confusing. So we'd explain those things, right? Well, this is this guy's name. There's another one. Just kind of catch people up on where we're going, right? Just talk about it. But it's, it's really, how can we do this? Because uh, they say about guests coming, they decide. In the first seven minutes, right? And he's standing in his book. He's saying, look, in the first seven minutes, people are going to decide if they come back or not. In our 15 church t- tour, that was absolutely true. In fact, one church, we decided after we pulled into the parking lot. We just looped it around and left. I mean, it was just obviously we would not want to come back here. And uh, we probably should have gave them a chance or whatever, but, I mean, it was just, it's like that. And so they're making that decision in the first seven minutes whether they'll come back or not. And you might say, well, that's not fair. Like, those churches don't know. And that's the point. They don't know. They're unaware. How many guests have gone through their parking lot and said, I really want to, I need something from life. Maybe God can help. And they go, and they're like, wow, I'm never coming back. And they have the tools, they have the resources to help that person, but they never made the connection, right? Seven minutes. Right. Seven, Seven minutes. minutes. And so doing, doing, doing church or building a church with them in mind, that's why we're in a theater. That's the whole point of doing this. Because they were there Friday night, Saturday night, watching a movie. So it's uh, coming to a church building, you know, people in the parking lot. Uh, but I was here last week, so – and. You know, they come in and, oh, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, I bought popcorn over there. There's a popcorn. Actually, we should get some of that. Can we get that and bring it into the church? I mean, it's smelling awesome, right? I mean, just that, it's a totally different thing because we're outward focused and we're focused on creating a church with them in mind. Yeah. For them, not from them. And we did a really good at the theater. We didn't expect to be here so long. We need to do better better uh, here for sure at this building because it is different. It's a different dynamic. So what can we do to get better? Those are details, right? But the theater, if you ever noticed walking in, we had greeters in the par- some, at the parking lot greeting you right away, right, coming to those front doors, people talking, walking through. We'd have some of our team would walk, like the families, to the kids' area to show them where to go, right, and they would show them that. Um, we, we, we would say walk with them, don't just point, right, show them where to go. Uh, we had music. When you listen to the music coming to the hallways, if you notice, some was Christian, some was mainstream, right? It, good messages, but upbeat kind of because we wanted them to like come. They might have just been listening to that song in their car, and they come in there like, wow, huh, this is kind of – it's, there's not we're not putting barriers to keep them away from saying you're so much different right there's 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 more in common than than not and there's just some different tools to be able to say how can we make them feel feel uh, welcome one of the churches he went to and i love this church i'm not even gonna say anything about it but they went to a church and and their experience was was they were going to get some coffee 
and a donut. And the person in the front, they, they got the memo from like the, the idea that guests are welcome here, right? So the lady in the front, the welcome was awesome. He told us that they, they took him in. She passed him off to the hospitality people and said, hey, here's some new, new guests, our family, right? Here, here's our new guests. Like, uh, take care of them. And, and so there was some, some complimentary coffee you know, they gave him, which was nice. But then there was donuts. And one of the kids was like, can I have a donut? And they're like, yeah, it's going to cost, I don't know, 25 cents, yeah. 50 cents. Yeah. It was a dollar, I think. A dollar something like that. for a donut, right? Which is not bad. I, I understand their heart. But here's, here's the, the bigger picture. You have a brand new guest. What better way to say welcome than here's a free donut. Here's some coffee. Yeah. There's a really expensive cappuccino machine in the back. And he was like, can I get one of those? Yeah, it was like that time I went to your house. It's, it's starting after dinner. She was like, here's the check. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that doesn't happen. You're a guest. Like you, no one's going to charge you when you go to somebody's house as a guest. It was crazy. I just couldn't believe it. Here's right. Just on that, the church is doing the best they can. I'm sure they're, they're making maybe as a fundraiser, right, for something. That was that was legitimate. But the point is, if this person knew they were a guest, man, put a dollar from your own pocket to say have a donut, right? It's a kid, like it's like, can I have a donut, right? And they might not have money. Be like, oh, next time. You know, daughter, son, guess next time. The point was, so then we came back and said, can we just give free donuts out? And so you wonder why we have free Krispy Kreme. We had Krispy Kreme closed down. But we had free Krispy Kreme donuts every week. Why? Because of that experience. Ask me, donuts, free coffee, right? And we were just trying to say, what can we do to, to, there's so many reasons to stop people from coming to church. What would it look like to keep them going forward without any kind of walls being built up? If you think of seven minutes, that's only into like the first second song that they've already decided I'm coming back or not. So we said, what if we intentionally made them feel that we were we were prepared for them, we were, we were waiting for them, we we're looking for them, right? So yeah, right. Jesus did this really well. This is Jesus. Uh, he was very focused on his purpose. Right. So we're trying everything we do. If if you put your faith in Christ, if you're a Christian, right, you're following Christ. So everything you do, we're taking our cue from what Jesus did, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus states very clearly in John 10, 10, what his purpose on earth was. And his purpose is our purpose. And he came that we would have life and have it to the full, John 10, 10. And that, that concept is, is for you, is wanting something for others, for us, not from us. Right. Outward, right? Jesus is outward. He's saying, I've come. This is my purpose. Why I came? I left heaven. I left the comfort of heaven to come to earth with all you stinky people, right, to help show you a better way. He says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. The message paraphrase says this. I came so they have real, they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. What is he saying? I came so you can have the best possible life here on earth. I've come to show you a better way. I've come to, to, to be be the change, to be the person that you can model your life after so you can have a, a difference in your life. And here's the thing. When you follow Jesus, your life will, you will be better at life, which in turn your life will be better in many areas. Not always easier because whenever you will go after health, health typically takes more time and is always usually a little harder right, than just the ease. And he's saying, but it's going to be better. You follow my way, it will be better. But notice how he, he contrasts this. Right before he makes this statement, he says the thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. So the enemy, Satan, and just thieves in general, they're only there to still kill and destroy. They're inward focused. Why would somebody steal from something from you? Because I'm more important than you. I need this tool more than you. I need this money more than you. I need this thing more than you. You're not valuable. I'm more valuable. Why would I kill somebody? Because there's no value in that person's life. I'm more valuable. I'm more important. Why would you destroy something? Because it's more about me than about you. And he says outward focus, inward focus, that's what the enemy wants you to focus on. It's me, me, me. It's selfish. Jesus says, outward focus is saying, I've come for you. Hey, there you are. Not, hey, here I am. When you walk in a room, what's your perspective? Hey, everybody, here I am. Which most people is like that, right? I'm here. Serve me. Where outward focus is saying, hey, there you are. Hey, there you are. I, I see you. I recognize that you're here. So for us, if we're going to be a church that the unchurch will want to come to, we have to do things with them in mind. Now, here's the principle that applies to your life, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, whether you're part of our church or not. If you want healthy relationships with others, you have to do things with others in mind. You want to be better at your work, do things with others in mind. You want to be a better parent, do things with your kids in mind. You want to be better in marriage, do things with your spouse in mind. A better employee, a better boss, do things with them in mind. 
And in turn, what's going to happen is they're going to be like, why? What is different about you? Why do you care so much about me? Why do you have my best interest at heart? And this is really the heart of parents is if you can capture your kid's heart, I mean, you will be able to lead them to, to make really good decisions. But a lot of times they don't have our heart, and so they're just thinking, well, you just want something for you. No, no, it's really for you. Let me capture this. So if you want better, be better in relationships, better in life, learn to have an outward mindset that says, I'm focused. I'm here to help you become the best version you could become. I'm here to serve you. You ever gone to a restaurant where the waiter, waitress was awesome because they just served everything you had? Like you, you could not drink your cup fast enough. It was already filled up. They had an outward mindset. They're about serving you. What would it look like if we did that? Jesus told his disciples, a new command I give you, right? In John 13, he says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, if you know what it means, people, how people are going to know you're a Jesus follower or not, not a Christian, not a churchgoer, they're going to know if you're really a Jesus follower, is that everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Love means the other person. Love means defer. Love means submission. Love means focus on the other words. It means outward. And what's interesting about this passage is before he did this, you know what Jesus did to show them and model for them? It said that he took off his outer garment, got a towel, a servant's towel, and began to wash their feet. I thought about bringing a bucket up here and washing your feet, Robert, but I thought that would be really weird. It would, it would be weird. But that was the point, right? And the, and the reason we know that it impacted us so much is because they said, whoa, 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 you can't do this, Jesus. You're the boss. You're the leader. You're not supposed to be. This is a servant's job. And Jesus said, I don't want you to miss the point of my church. The ecclesia that I'm going to build, here's the foundation, which is him. Look at, watch my, my actions. Watch how I teach. I'm going to get down and I'm going to serve you because I have you at mind. I have a heart for you. And he began to serve them. And then he says, as I have loved you, go do the same. Like I washed your feet, go wash their feet. Peter, your feet are pretty stinky. Go wash their feet. When you encounter some of that stinky feet, love them, care for them. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, people will say, wow, something's different. And the early church was known by this. And this is why it exploded around the world until religion set in. We talked about that, right? And, and they began to dominate and control, and it was about power. And then we missed the point of loving others. It was more about just, I want more. It became inward, not outward. We want to be a church that says, how can we stay on mission of saying, those that we haven't reached yet are important. Every week when we'd meet as a team, our launch team, I'd have an empty chair up here. And I would say, guys, remember, it doesn't matter how many people we, we reach in Santa Fe, we can't forget that there needs to be an empty chair that we're always trying to go after that person that's not reached yet, the person that's not yet here. And that we'll do things with them in mind so when they show up come, we can have an impact in their lives. So for us, we must be known for the way we live, not just for what we know. I know a lot of Christians, a lot of people who call themselves Christians who know a lot, but nobody wants to be around them because they're arrogant, they're haughty, they're proud. They know it all. They know a lot. And that's what they're known by. For us, as the Grove, we're going to be known for how we live, for the way we live, for the way we impact people, not just for what we know. Right, and that's, that's such a key point. Uh, if you think back to, I'm sure you've, if you've been in church, you've, you've seen you know, or, or heard of you know, churches that are having big problems. Looks like it might be a church split, right, some big issues. Look, I promise you, the people in that church, they know the Bible. They know lots about the Bible. In fact, there's probably not, it's not like, well, if the unbelievers would get with the believers, then, then you know, we, you know, the church would be strong and we'd be back on track and we could get the right color carpet in the sanctuary or whatever it is, right? Look, the unbelievers probably already left that church because they were like, love one another. You guys are out of your mind. When is this going to happen, right? The issue is you've got people, a ton of people who know. They know Scripture. Look, is it harder to know something or is it harder to love somebody we need to love somebody because knowledge what knowledge puffs up love builds up love builds up and we need to be in a position and this is why we you know our whole focus right for for you not from you is we want to be in a position where it's not it's not the no. It's great. We, we need to know. We need to know Scripture. We need to know the that's valuable. But, like, we actually need to do. We have to do what the Bible says, especially if we're going to follow Christ.
and, and his example for us. Yeah, we said, what's the main focus? So in the church, there's one thing on earth that we can't do that we can do. We can do there's five purposes of the church, right? Out of the five, all of those will be in heaven. You can worship. You can know about Jesus. You can fellowship with others. You can do all those things, right? A ministry is the other one. You can do ministry. But the one thing we can't do in heaven is evangelism. And we said, what is if as a church we've made evangelism the focus and said, let's do as much as we can to take as many people with us to heaven. What would that look like? And we might be misunderstood by people, and that's okay. Our, our purpose is not to make church people happy. It's to reach unchurched people that are far from God. And what would that look like on a regular basis? And so we said, let's, let's be known for the way we live, right? And the major aspect for us is let's have an outward mindset. Let's have an outward mindset of others. Let's focus on others. Let's focus on those who haven't reached yet. And, and the, the gravitational pull is going to be inward about us, and let's make it. Within a few years of the church being formed, this was the battle they had. Religion began to set in. They said, no, it's about us. And all these people that want to follow us need to jump through all these hoops. And James, half-brother Jesus, says, no. They, they meet together, and he says, here's my, my, my rule. My judgment is we should make it easy for people to come to Christ. And they give them just a few different things they should follow, just a few handful of things that they should, they should adhere to, to be Jesus followers. And they made it simple when it began to get complicated and be focused on others. You know, I think we've done this so well that I, have a, I build relationships with other, other pastors in the city because we want them to be successful also. And I, I want to know who, who, who does what, the styles, and how they, how they do things. And one, one particular friend is a good friend of mine. Their service is very liturgical. So it's like an order. You know, there's, they, they do the same thing every single week. And when he encounters people that are on church and begins to, like, witness to him and, and talk to him about Christ, uh, a lot of times he'll get the sense that he's supposed to send them to the grove. And he'll say, you know what? You need to go visit my friend at the grove. And he'll send the on church. And it's not – he's doing a good job as a church. They're just a different style, right? And so he just knows this person – is not going to feel comfortable if he comes into my doors. And so he says, go to the Grove. They're going to receive you. And he sent multiple people to us because he understands that we have this outward mindset that's going to say, hey, you're here, welcome. And for him, I think he's a little worried that if they come to his, they're, they're going to be run off or they're going to be misunderstood or they're not going to be welcomed, right? And he, he's just aware of that, and he's, it's a different style. And so for us, it's saying what could, would it look like if we would be that kind of church that welcomes and helps those. So here's our challenge for today, all right? I like to give the challenges. So our challenge for today is Samantha. <laughs> I'm not doing the Olaf voice. All right, no voice. Who's Samantha? Okay. Who's Samantha? So if you're in this room and you understand or you watch online, you, you understand what we're saying. From Frozen uh, you'll, 2. You'll never forget this, right? Frozen 2 is a movie. Kids, parents, if your kids watch it, you've already heard this a lot of times. If you don't understand it, well, I'll break it down in a second. But So shorten Samantha. It's not Samantha. It's really Sam. Here's my challenge for today. Sam. S-A-M. All right? S-A-M. Who's Sam? Um, Sam stands for see others. Adjust whatever you're doing. You have to adjust because when you're in an encounter with somebody, you have the moment. There's a split decision. Am I going to be outward focused or am I going to be inward focused? When you see others, you have to adjust to say I'm going to be outward focused in this moment. And then always measure impact. Well, after time, you're going to be able to say here's what we're doing by doing the th- things God is leading us to. But the most important thing is see others, right? So the first step is to say easy as one, two, three. I'm going to just recognize I'm in a room with somebody. You're doing a task. That task is important. When somebody comes in, you know what's more, more, more important than the task? The person. When you're doing something at home and somebody asks you a question, I can get better at this. My kid's dad, 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 right? That person's in the room. See others. Recognize they're there. If you want to be outward-focused people, you want to have better relationships, see them, right? See them. I don't know how many times Robert's told me about stories in the workplace where he's, he's with somebody that he has to work with that's difficult, right? Why don't you share that one? Uh, so, you know, it's tough, right? You're, you have a deadline. I, you know, I've got something I got to deliver to my boss the next morning, that type of thing. And then that person comes into your office and you're just like, oh, no, there goes an hour. You know, and they're just going to sit down and they're going to do this data dump and I'm going to die on the inside. Like, can we be honest? Like, that's how it feels. You know, or cash register, same thing. I mean, you can see when somebody's struggling, right? So this, you know, this lady came in. She came into the office, my office, and and she sat down, and she's usually really pretty happy, and, and she doesn't stay long typically, but today I could just see it was on her. It was just, there was something really troubling her. She was trying to be happy, but oh, come on. I had a deadline. Right, if I'm going to be inward focused, I'm going to keep it light and let her go. So I can get my thing done. But I just, if I'm going to be like Christ, if I'm going to be outward focused, if I'm going to want something for her, like hope, 
and a future, to give her the opportunity to live the best life possible with God, then I'm, I'm going to set my thing aside. And I did. I, and I said, so what's going on? You look, you know, like something's bugged. She did a data dump um, of this major issue that she'd been struggling with with her daughter. You know, and she's sharing, and it's awful. And I, you know, and I, I could relate. I, I have kids. I understand. You know, and I prayed for her. Fortunately, it wasn't a work issue. She was open. Is it okay if I pray for you? And I prayed for her about a year, year and a half ago. I mean, this was a little while before that year, but maybe a year and a half ago. Her relationship with her daughter totally flipped. God intervened in that situation and did, did the impossible, right? That's where God starts. God starts where it's impossible for us. And he did the impossible in that situation in her life. And she remembered that. She remembered that we prayed and we saw Because my goal in, in seeing others and adjusting is getting people with God. Right? I'm, I can kind of help people maybe with normal stuff. But when they need the big stuff, which there's a lot of big stuff, they need God. And I can introduce them to the person who can solve their problems. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, we had a, a lady in our team. Um, she was at work. And one of her coworkers, they were just talking about just life. And somewhere in the conversation, God came up. And she said, you need to come to my church. I think you really like it. And he says, well, we, haven't, we left church. We left our church like, it was like 12, 15 years ago. We haven't gone to church since. And she said, I think you'll like ours. So he came with her one Sunday, and uh, he liked it. He came back the next week, right, our win, woo. And then he began to invite his parents who had left the church, and they just didn't want anything to do with it. And uh, he, he began to invite them, like, you'll like it, Mom and Dad, come visit. So he brings his mom with her, with him, and uh, she loves it. So they're inviting the dad, like, come on, you have to come, you have to come, you have to come. Eventually he comes, and he loves it, right? They had been church for a long time, but they're just something different. They made a connection. Uh, they were there every single week. I told the name, a lot of you guys even know who I'm talking about. And uh, this last year, uh, through COVID, he got he had cancer, and he ended up, uh, cancer ended up taking his life. Um, and I think of this story because in this journey of, of cancer, I was able to go meet with him and talk with him. And we talked about God. We talked about, you know, heaven. We talked about a lot of different things and had the privilege of doing the funeral for him. And I just thought in this, as I was at, in this conversation, I said, well, how did you even come to the Grove in the first place? And they told me this story. And I thought, that is so awesome. That just a single conversation and a single invitation helped a family make a connection. That in one of the darkest times of their life, they would have people around them. Because some of our church family, they came around them during that difficult time to pray with them, to encourage them. They had people around them to say, hey, you're not alone. Don't give up hope. There's a better future. And when I talked to them, I said, are you ready? He said, I'm ready to meet Jesus. I don't want to leave my family yet, but I'm ready to meet Jesus. You know how much comfort that gave to that family, knowing that he's at peace? And when we did the funeral, it was more of a celebration than just a, a, a horrible moment, right? It's sad, but we can celebrate knowing that he's in heaven. And that one day, we're going to be there also. All because of an invitation from somebody that said, my coworker probably needs an invitation right now. And then the church that received them, right? And they, that's one of the things I said. We felt so welcome. Like you guys were expecting us, that you wanted us to be there. And we sat in service and the music. She said, I would cry through all the music every single Sunday. And then after a while, my husband says, we can't miss church. And it became like, we have to be there this Sunday. We have to be there. And being on church for so long now is a passion to be able to walk through them his, his last days of his life in the last few years. They were here for first service, and I was telling the story. I could see her crying, and uh, it's just awesome. See others. It could be a coworker. It could be a neighbor. Adjust your mindset. People matter. It's why Jesus died on the cross. It's why he said, I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of hell can't stop it. When you go into the neighborhoods, when you go into the workplace, when you go to the coffee shops, you'll make an impact. And we measure. We tell the stories like I just did. And I said, let's measure our impact. When we see others, when we're outward focused, we're going to have an impact. Because that's what Jesus said is people know that you're my disciples when you love one another. Awesome. Would you guys give Robert a hand as he shared? Thank you. Oh. I interrupted him. Let, let him, one closing statement, then we'll give him a hand. You don't have to give me another hand. That one worked. It was good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I just want to say, I mean, it, it's so touching to to hear stories like that and to know that what we attempted to accomplish 
is being accomplished. And, and when we talk about you living your life for Christ, for you at, at work, you with your family, your extended family, in these situations, when you, when you turn and become outward focused, I, I want to promise you two things I want to tell you. Okay? One is that you'll be blessed by that. In, in John 4, 34, Jesus says, he says, look, it's my nourishment, it's my fulfillment to do the will of him who sent me and to finish it, to finish that work. There's a huge amount of satisfaction and, and, and I would say uh, fulfillment that we receive when we, when we empower and impact somebody. And this lady's crying her eyes out here, you know, and because we, we did it. We created this place where she could feel comfortable, where they could come, and where they could receive and understand and know that God loves them and that God has the best life possible available to them as they engage in that relationship with me. The second thing is this. Look, I, I get it, right? I mean, I, I, I think of myself, I'm kind of a mess, really. I'm, I'm a regular guy, I got regular problems, and, you know, who am I to talk to anybody, right? I mean, maybe you probably feel that way. Like, I don't know, I, I'm the, if I was more pastorly, I could, you know, share some, you know, I don't even know with somebody, but I'm just not like that. My life's like, you know, I got problems. I'm not good enough to share. Look, we connect As human beings, listen to me, we connect through our weakness, not our strengths. You know that guy at work, like your your family member, your brother-in-law maybe? Everything he touches turns to gold. He does everything. Everything is like grief, this guy. What follows that usually? I hate that guy. It's making me look bad over here. It's because... We don't connect that way. We connect through our weakness. So if you're kind of a mess and you're, you're thinking, I don't really have anything to offer, hey, you're hired. You're in the perfect position to impact somebody else. Because you can say, yeah, yeah oh, man, I, I get it. I understand. Like, can I pray for you? Let me introduce you to the person Who's, to, who's impacted me and given me hope and a future. And you, you have that. It's right in your hands. Don't think it's because you, you're, you've got it all together. No, actually, the more of, you know, a little bit more of a mess you are, the more relatable you are. And if you do it, you will experience fulfillment that God has for you. That's, that's how he designed it. Don't you want that? Don't you want that sense of fulfillment? It's right there. So be willing. Awesome. Be willing. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. All right, now we can, man. <laughs> so good. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate you, man. So that one story I told, we have story after story after story over seven years of that impact. My prayer is we'll continue to have story after story after story, continue moving forward. So this week the goal was kind of like, let's go do this again, right? Let's go back to the theater next week. Obviously that's not happening yet. So for now, let's do it again next week here and the next week after that and in the workplace and at home. And then wherever you're at, God will use you to speak word to somebody, to speak encouragement, to speak life, to help somebody know that he loves them and he cares for them. Awesome. Hey, let me do a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your head as we end our service today? God, we're so grateful for the opportunity for us to get together each week, and we pray that we would um, not ever miss an opportunity, Father God, to connect to you connect you to others, connect others to you. God, never let us lose outward mindset focused. God, we exist for those that aren't here yet. And so today as we end our service, God, we just invite you to lead us to make an impact in our world. God, for those that are in this room or watching online that have not decided to follow you yet, I pray that today they'd make that decision. God, to put you first in their life. They would begin to seek you first. And you'll take care of all their other needs. And so today, Lord, we just invite you into this place. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Keep your eyes closed, your head bowed. If you're in this room today or you're watching online, and maybe as you listen to this, you say, I want some of that. I want to be outward focused. I want to follow Jesus' example. I want to love like he loved. I want to invite him into my life. I want to be able to take that step 
of faith, of that journey, faith journey towards him. If you're here today, would you let me know you're here just by lifting your hand saying, that's me. I'm not going to call you to the front, but just lead you in a prayer right there where you're at. Awesome. I see a few hands. Anybody else? God, I want to follow your lead. Help me be outward focused. So good. For you to raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? And if you're a Jesus follower in the room, would you pray with us so they're not praying alone? Just say this today. Say, uh, say Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to give us a, a better example of life and a better way to live. Today, I choose to follow you. I confess Jesus is Lord. I believe he rose from the grave. I put my trust in you today. Would you forgive me of my mistakes, of my sin, of my selfishness. Teach me how to be like you. Help me to follow your example. Love others the way you love them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate those that made that decision to pray today. So good.